Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Watchmen on the Wall is here each day to bring clarity to the chaos and remind everyone who tunes in that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. This week, Michael Hoggard will expose the ancient secrets of the Vatican. Josh Davis looks at the miracles of Jesus, and historian Bill Federer will reveal the real St. Patrick. Thank you to everyone who attended our conference in Upland, California this past Saturday, and a special thank you to everyone at San Antonio Heights Community Church for their hospitality and their willingness to host us. Our next conference is just over a month away, Saturday and Sunday, April 15th and 16th in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Visit the events page of our website, swrc.com, for all the details. Some folks listening to today's and tomorrow's programs might say they're controversial. But one thing no one will say is that the next two days are boring. Michael Hoggard has researched the inner workings of the Vatican. He's here today to share his explosive findings. Well, welcome, everyone. Watchmen on the Wall. I'm Greg Patton, and our very special guest today is Pastor Michael Hoggard of the Bethel Church in Festus, Missouri. Going to be talking about the Catholic Church today and probably in tomorrow's segment, more on Vatican secrets and the priesthood and some of the things going on here. And I think you'll find this quite interesting, my friend. So you might want to call a friend and tell them these guys are on the air at Southwest Radio Church. And by the way, this is a new DVD series by our brother Hoggard, available at Southwest Radio Church, swrc.com, or you can call 1-800-652-1144. And I think over the next couple of days, we'll just be whetting your appetite because you're going to want to hear more of the research our brother has done, and it is extensive into the Catholic Church. I would remind you also that Pastor Hoggard joins the team, Southwest Radio Church, Clarity to the Chaos, Dr. Rob Linstead, Sunrise Christian Academy, Wichita, Kansas, May 5th and 6th. Once again, that's coming up May the 5th and the 6th, Friday and Saturday. We would really like you to be a part of the Clarity to the Chaos program out there in Kansas. That's Sunrise Christian Academy. And I'm curious, Pastor Hogger, what are you going to be talking about out there? Well, there's a number of topics that I speak on with Southwest Radio. We've done everything, like today we're talking about the Catholic Church and the problem with predator, pedophile priests. I've talked about UFOs. I have a wonderful teaching on DNA and its relationship to the Bible. I'm like Noah Hutchings. I'm a big fan of numbers in the Bible. So it'll just be whatever people want me to talk about. I'll be ready to talk about anything. Looking forward to seeing you again, Brother Patton, and all the good people at Southwest Radio when we get out to Wichita. That's going to be a good time. We're really looking forward to it, and we know God's going to bless in a mighty way, and I'm anxious to hear what you have to say. I've shared before that I have been excited listening to your videos and audios as well on UFOs, etc. I'm fascinated by that. We had several questions down in Tennessee recently about whether UFOs were demons or not, and a lot of people wanted to know our thoughts on that. I know you've covered 
that extensively, and you've covered so many areas that are should be an interest to Christians today. And again, we're just grateful that you'd be on the program today as we talk a little bit about the Catholic Church. And many say, hey, we're all alike. We're all going to the same place. All these churches are pretty well equal, and the Catholic Church is probably the leader in Christianity today. I've heard that a number of times, and I'm sure you'd be anxious to help me out there and address that. Well, there are some doctrines that mainstream Christianity and the Catholic Church agree on. For instance, we agree on the the Godhead, the Trinity, as it were, God is Father and Son and Holy Ghost. We believe that the Bible is the Word of God. However, where Catholicism diverges in that particular doctrine is that they uphold, and I didn't know this until I started doing the research, there is a group at the Vatican that their official job is to determine what is the Word of God. And they're called the Magisterium. And they say that the Bible contains the Word of God, but not everything in it can be the Word of God. And they uphold the traditions of the Church along with the writings of any particular Pope when he writes or he speaks ex cathedra. They believe that he is speaking in a way in which there is no error in his thoughts or in his words. And so they add that along with the doctrines that are found in the Bible. And this is where our good Protestant forefathers got off the train several hundred years ago. They said, no, it's sola scriptura. It's only the Bible or it's nothing. And the problem really is where the Catholic Church diverges from the scriptures, and it does it in some very, very key points. The idea that salvation can only come through the priest's hand, where the priest magically takes the wafer and offers it up to God. It starts out as, I didn't know this, but it starts out as being our gift to God. That's why the priest says, you know, Lord, accept these, our gifts to you. So he holds up the Eucharist to God, which is our gift to God, God then is supposed to turn that wafer into what they call the real presence of Jesus Christ, meaning that that wafer now, even though it tastes, smells, feels, looks just like a, an unliving flower wafer, it is the very flesh body of Jesus Christ. And so once that is on their tongue, that even though their tongue and their mouth is telling them that it's just a a little tiny little cracker, it is the body and, and blood of Jesus Christ. And if they don't believe that, then they're not worthy to receive it and, and thus do not receive salvation. And so they believe that their salvation and God's manifestation of grace only comes through eating of the Eucharist. Whereas we say, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And salvation is by grace, through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so really the, the main differences there is how the Catholic Church views the Word of God and then how they view the institution of salvation. They believe that it is by works, either done through the Eucharist or done through the confessional, which is where, when I started doing this research on these pedophile priests, that's where it all starts. It all starts in the confessional. I'll get into that in a moment. 
But basically, they believe that once you go to the confessional, that you must pay for a balance of your sins. And to me, this is, this is just bizarre. Jesus gave us what we call the, the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It is one of the most beautiful things that we have in the Bible. It is the model upon which all of our prayers, our private prayers, are based. And when the priest takes somebody who has come to the confessional and then says, I'm going to give you penance or I'm going to give you some discipline, I'm going to give you punishment for your sins, they do it in the form of, I'm going to command you that you must say, 60 Our Fathers, or 30 Our Fathers, or 20 Hail Marys, okay? And my question is, since when did prayer become a punishment? Because that's basically what they're doing. They're taking the prayer that Jesus gave us in the scriptures, saying that they must say it, and that in itself is their punishment for doing something wrong. And to me, that, that whole thing is bizarre. I just don't understand when prayer became a punishment, but that's what they teach. The Catholic Church to this day still receives money in the form of indulgences. I have a family member of mine who has a family member whose wife died about 10, 15 years ago, and this man is still paying the Catholic Church a certain amount of money every single month because the church told him that his wife was in purgatory, and that a certain amount given would finally get her out of purgatory. And he's been paying off this, this punishment or whatever. He's been paying this indulgence now for about 15 to 20 years. And to me, the whole thing about buying salvation or buying prayers or buying what the priest did, it smacks of the story of Hophni and Phinehas in the Bible. Hophni and Phinehas were the two sons of Eli, the high priest. And, and again, whether it was the Old Testament, whether it was Christ in the New Testament or in the book of Acts, there was always a problem in the priesthood. And in this case, Hophni and Phinehas, they were stealing portions of sacrifices that people brought to the temple. They were taking an illegal portion out with that flesh hook the Bible talked about, they were, get this now, we have a problem with pedophile priests. We have a problem with priests that are not following their vow of chastity, and they're breaking that. They're committing adultery. They're committing fornication. In some cases, they are homosexuals. In many cases, now we're finding out that they're pedophiles. And if you remember from the book of First Samuel, when Eli was the high priest, his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, often lay with the women that came by the temple because it was their duty. It was the commandment of God that they must come to the temple certain certain times of the year, certain times of the day. And any time women came by, Hophni and Phinehas would try to lay with those women. So the Bible really is not just in doctrine, but in typology, our guide to the problems that are in the Roman Catholic priesthood to this very day. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've just joined us here on Watchmen on the Wall, we're talking with Pastor Michael Hoggard of the Bethel Church in Festus, Missouri. He's going to be in person on May the 5th and 6th out in Wichita, Kansas with Dr. Rob Lindstedt. 
at Sunrise Christian Academy. And we're just talking about the Catholic Church and a number of things. And this is from your new series that's available at Southwest Radio Church at swrc.com, as well as 1-800-652-1144. It's called Vatican Secrets. I'm correct there, right? Yeah, it's a four-part series. The last part was like two hours long, so I broke it up in halves to make each piece about an hour long. So there's going to be anywhere from four to five hours total of teaching on on pretty much this one subject of the issue of pedophile priests. I mentioned earlier, it seemed to me that the root of all of this goes back to the confessional. In other words, when people start asking back in the 90s, when we started hearing that all of these priests were messing with children, specifically in our time, boys, they were messing with boys that were associated with the Catholic Church. You know, it was a, a question in people's mind, well, how did these priests get access to these boys privately? How is it that they spent so much time with these priests and so on? I remember there was a book written by a man who came out of the Catholic priesthood. His name was Charles Chiniqui. He wrote several books. One of them was called 50 Years in the Roman Church. He was a priest out of Quebec, Canada in the mid to late 1800s. He talked about his life as a Catholic priest and the abuses that he saw. And he even, in a way, confesses to being part of some of those abuses while he was a Catholic priest. But then he wrote a book. It's a shorter, shorter book, but it's very, very powerful. It's called The Priest, The Woman, and The Confessional. And in this particular book, He shows that Catholic priests are actually trained as they're in seminary. They're trained by older priests. They're trained while they're in the seminary that when someone comes into the confessional, it is the priest's job to not let them go without a single sin being confessed. In other words, If someone comes in and says, okay, I cursed three times since my last confession. I had unclean thoughts five times since my last confession. I took some money that wasn't mine, or I cheated on whatever, my taxes or whatever. And the priest says, is that it? And then somebody will say, yeah. And the priest then will start on a fishing tour. He'll start asking questions to get this person to perform what they call a good confession. And a good confession means they not only have to confess all the deeds that they did, but they have to go into detail. The priest gets them to go into detail of all the thoughts that they had. So if, let's say, a a 15 or 16-year-old teenage girl goes into the confessional, even to this day, and she says, well, I had unclean thoughts during the week, then the priest must ask her, the nature of those thoughts. Did she lust after somebody? Who was it that she lusted after? What type of lust was involved? What sort of act did you perceive in your mind? And Charles Tinnickley, you know, he's writing from an 1800s perspective where certain things weren't talked about in public. And he says, here you have these young ladies going into the confessional and demanding that they say things to a bachelor priest on the other side of this wall that girls would not even say to their own mothers in 1870. And he says, they're revealing details 
of thoughts that they had about certain people. And all of this time, the priest is breaking down the will of this woman, and he is basically exposing her and himself to temptations that neither one of them were designed to be able to hold in. We know that Catholic priests vow a vow of celibacy, which means that they promise that they will not have a wife, they'll not take on a mistress, or they'll not take on a girlfriend, or anything like that. And we know from scriptures that no such commandment is ever given to any of God's ministers. In fact, it's just the opposite. Paul said it twice in the New Testament that before a man takes the office of bishop, he must be the husband of one wife, and he must know how to rule his family well. Instead, you have the Catholic Church demanding that every one of their priests become celibate. I, I've watched several interviews that different news organizations from around the world, one in Australia, one from Canada, one from England, where they went to the Vatican and they spoke to a Catholic Church spokesman who was speaking on behalf of the priesthood. These reporters would say, do you ever give any thought about doing away with this celibacy commandment and letting priests marry. And both times I heard this man say, oh, no, absolutely not. You don't understand that celibacy is a gift from God given to these men. And I'm thinking, no, it's not. It's bondage that they're holding these men in. They're holding them to a standard that, very, very few people in this world could ever hold up to. We know that Jesus didn't have an earthly wife, and we know that Paul didn't have an earthly wife. But other than that, Peter, who they say was the first pope, he had a wife. Most of the other disciples probably had a wife. The priests of the Old Testament, they all had wives. They had families to go to. And so here the church is lying to the public, saying priests want us to impose celibacy on them because it's a gift from God, and God just magically says you'll never have the desire for another human being when it comes to sexuality. And yet, when these men become, by the time they have become priests, a lot of these men have already been introduced to sexuality or sexual things through the seminaries. There was a story that came out just not too long ago about a particular seminary that was closed down because so many priests were coming out of that seminary saying that homosexuality was rampant within that seminary, that a lot of these young men who would go into the seminary with eyes of becoming priests, and in their mind they, they believed that they were serving God, and yet they're introduced almost as soon as they get to the seminary to homosexuality, and nothing is done about it. And I list five things in the video, in the teaching, that are problems that arise because of the church commanding strict celibacy out of these priests. Number one, you have priests heavily involved with alcohol and pornography. That's just the bare minimum. Secondly, priests breaking their celibacy vows by committing fornication with either married or unmarried women. And I know a situation right now, a priest in St. Louis who is involved with the Italian mafia in St. Louis, and he also has 
at least one mistress that I know of. I know it for a fact. Priests who have fathered children with nuns or the laity. And there is an organization now out of Ireland. It's run by a man who is the son of a Catholic priest. And he says worldwide right now, we can count at least 10,000 people in this world who know for a fact that their father was a Catholic priest. But the, the church can't admit that these men are priests because then it would admit that celibacy is a vow that nobody can keep up with. Priests then who are led into sodomy, usually by seminarians while they are in seminary, and then what we're facing now as a huge crisis, not just in America, but it's all over the world, and that is priests and nuns who become predators on our children. Just by this one commandment of the Catholic Church, you have children literally all over the world whose lives are being destroyed by the church, and it's a miracle of God if any of these children ever come out with any sense of worship toward God. Jesus warned us about this. In Matthew 18, he said, Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father, which is in heaven. Then he said in Luke chapter 17, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. And it's interesting to note that the exact same prophecy was given of Babylon, where the writer, I think, of the book of Jeremiah and the warnings against Babylon was commanded to take the writings against Babylon and wrap them around millstone and cast them into the sea. I think that's in Revelation 18. And so the same judgment incurred upon Babylon is the same judgment incurred upon those men in the Catholic Church who have preyed on children. Oh my, it's somewhat shocking, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure you're sensing the same thing I am here as we listen to Pastor Michael Hoggard here at the Bethel Church out in, in Festus, Missouri. The study, the program that he has put together, three DVDs available at Southwest Radio Church on the Catholic Church. Certainly pedophile priest. It's called Vatican Secrets. Again, available at swrc.com, one 800 652-1144. And I'm sure that there are many Christians and many, if not most Catholics, are saying, come on. Back to the priesthood again. This is an impossible task to follow through with celibacy and that whole program. Would you agree with that? I agree, too. And our church and ministry does a lot of work in Kenya through my son-in-law, who is from Kenya. And our number one enemy that we fight almost daily in the outlying areas of Kenya are the Catholic priests. They hate me with a passion. They've tried to get me taken off my own radio stations over there. Of course, that doesn't work. They really have made themselves an enemy of the cross and an enemies of the gospel. So let's stand up against them. What's the difference between, again, true Christianity and uh, Roman Catholicism and their teaching? How does a uh, Catholic get to heaven, according to them? Well, according to them, it's all done by works. The first work that you do is, of course, you go to the priest and you must confess every single one of your sins. And they're saying that God knows that if you have, if you've left one out, God knows it and he will not forgive you. And so, number one, it's the bondage of the confessional. Number two, they say that when you're done confessing, that Christ's blood 
covers part of your sins, but not all of it, which is contrary to the scriptures. The Bible says that Jesus' blood covers all transgressions. They're told that they must then perform certain works. So those are some of the most simple differences between Catholicism and Bible-believing Christianity. The two are just not compatible. Pastor Hoggard, if you could, let's say this is your last message to a Catholic that might be listening. What would you say to that person today? I would say to them, like the Bereans did, search the scriptures to see whether what I'm saying is true, and then to see whether what the Catholic priest says is true. And I know that there's always a difference between what a priest tells his people and what even their own Bible tells them. And so I would say to them, search the scriptures to see whether these things be true. What a wealth of information you have brought today. Looking forward to tomorrow's program. And again, thank you for all of your research, putting this all down and and get informing us. We're not to be ignorant of the enemy's devices. And I think you've done a great job in this new series called Vatican Secrets. Thank you so much, Pastor Hoggard. Thank you, Pastor Greg and all the good people at Southwest Radio. We have a special treat for you today, a special feature from our friends at Larry Stam Ministries. It's called Messianic Minute, 60 seconds of looking at biblical truth through a Jewish lens. Shalom, friends. Larry Stam here with a Messianic Minute, Biblical Connections Through a Jewish Lens. Before the birth of Jesus, an angel appeared to Joseph in Matthew 1, 20 and 21 and apprised him of the virgin birth, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Then Matthew in verses 22 and 23 quotes from Isaiah 7:14. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. As John 1:14 declares, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Praise God for the Incarnation. For more connections, visit our website at LarryStam.org or see our Larry Stam Ministries Facebook page. Secrets of the Vatican, Michael Hoggard's six-part presentation, is available today on DVD. Four and a half hours of Vatican secrets revealed. Predator priests, children cover-ups, the house of devils, and much, much more. Learn how deep and systemic are the evil, the iniquities, and the evil spirits that abide not just in the walls of the Vatican, but every place the Vatican reaches in this world. Michael Hoggard probes the very nature of the things the Catholic Church does and teaches, and he exposes the results of these activities. Secrets of the Vatican DVD series by Michael Hoggard is available today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can always order online, swrc.com. Tomorrow, Michael Hoggard returns to reveal more secrets of the Vatican. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app 
or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.